Hey, Taco Tuesday fans, this is Christian Brindle. And I am Glenn Shelton. We came together and combined our forces to create something special for insurance agents called Taco Tuesday. Let's taco about insurance. My company, Christian Brindle Insurance Services, and my company, Lead Heroes, is here to bring you the latest and greatest news happening in the insurance industry today and eat some tacos while we do it. If you enjoy the content that we put out on this podcast, feel free to leave us a review or subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Without further ado, let's get into this episode of Taco Tuesday. StreamYard's kind of a bitch. So hopefully it's good this time. Go back to Zoom. I'd love to. Zoom's just a pain lately. Let's see. Is it working? Hopefully, hopefully StreamYard didn't hear you. And then they're gonna be like, we're gonna cut we're gonna cut their connection. Cut the feed. Cut the feed. There we are. Cut the feed. There we go. There we go. Taco Tuesday. And um so far we have zero audience, but you know. It's it's um, the principle that matters. We'll just have to. Are you are you gonna dig right in, bro? You gonna dig right in? Going right in. This is just kind of no. simple street taco, you guys. Okay, what's crazy the street taco? Homemade. We've got beef, beans, onions, um, some red pepper, and then I added some. Uh, I'm out of top. So, you know, we could do a whole probably segment on hot sauces. And Eric, I'd love to know how you feel about hot sauces. I've evolved to Tapatio. That's my number one. I'm Come on, but why? <laughs> I feel like that's, it's that's the spice. No, I feel like it's one of the spicier. Like it used to be Cholula, but I didn't feel like Cholula was spicy enough. And so I went to Tapatio. What? Uh, I mean, dude, I've gotten down on like habanero, just like straight up habanero sauce. So like aardvark, Ooh. aardvark. But. So 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 let me ask you a question. Have you seen have you seen that YouTube show Hot Ones where they go through the gauntlet of hot sauces? Oh yeah. Okay. That's what I mess with now. That's my jam. That's where I'm playing. So along with my tacos today, I have the Ooh. hottest sauce that they offer there. Oh the last dab Apollo. I also the famous the oh bomb. The bomb. I'll be legend. eating these live. I'm going to be eating these live on this camera with everybody watching. So, hey, what, what's that thing that um, uh, uh, is it? Uh, Murray. He always wants you to. He always wants yeah, you to do that. You have that. to make sure it's live. Yeah, make sure it's live. Well, I guess he's the one who has to ask for it, right? But yeah. I'm going to. I'm dabbing because we got the last dab. We so, got the last dab. Here's, here's How the, many scoville units is that? Over two million. It has to be over two oh million Scoville. Dude, you're here's, insane. Here's Papatio is somewhere around ten thousand, I think, or yeah, five thousand. <laughs> so like, let's take it back to Gavin for a second. Let me okay. go get my dress off. Hang on, I gotta get out of my dress <laughs> for a second. Jeez, <laughs> but no, I, I I gotta say this, otherwise I'm gonna explode. Okay, so there's an issue with the dabbing thing. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Christian. Stop interrupting the man. He wants to talk. If if if, if you just started every single video dabbing and recorded it. There'd be no way to verify the lie. That's right. No, that's what I'm saying. He has to ask for it, doesn't he? That's why we have to wait till he asks for it. Then we do it. That's the only way to verify the lie. That's if he shows up. He doesn't always show up because, you know, he's, he's, he's frustrated. Not, he's not he's a reliable frustrated. audience member. He's not a reliable that's what it audience is. <laughs> He's frustrated that he keeps asking for that damn dab and nobody does it. I've seen him. Dab, damn it. That's what he was like. He's like, dab, damn it. <laughs> Poor guy. All right, All right let me show off my tacos. Can I do that? Yeah. yeah, yeah go, go, Can I show off my street tacos? Okay. Mm. So here we go. We got four street tacos. Oh. These are shredded shredded chicken tacos from a place called, Mas- La, I think it's Lazo. It's just Mascadores. Mascadores Taco Shop. And I love this place. My wife and I love this place. Dope tacos, great dressing. The, the guacamole is so good because they put a lot of lime juice in it. And I love that citrusy Ooh, guacamole. So, and it helps. That, that gives you a little bit of cooling effect when you put the last dab on the taco and the bomb on the taco. So I'm ready. I'm ready to dig in. And I got some horchata to drink. So here's the oh, there shout you out go. to Mascadores if they there want to sponsor me. I love horchata. Yes. 
You guys want to sponsor me and send me free yeah. tacos from Mascolores? I've just given you a, I'm giving you guys a shout out. Boom. Um, so that. you guys are putting put me to shame. And and Justin Brock would like to know if if any of us put dope in our tacos. No, I don't. Well, you know what they say <laughs> that when you they say when you're eating these hot sauces, sauces this hot that you end up getting a euphoric effect from it because it's so damn spicy. Uh, it's a it's a chemical reaction that happens in your body between your tongue and and your and the sauces. There's a chemical reaction, so after eating it for a little bit, you can start having a euphoric feeling. How I've often, seen a lot of people say that. How often are you eating that that hot? Probably time. every other day. I'll I'll eat I'll eat sauce Ooh. like that. Yeah, I I felt like I was a spicy guy. Now I feel like I'm not a spicy. I gotta get I gotta level up. This is nuts. Let's so, do it. I want. How much yeah. of your taste buds are still? Um, <laughs> yeah. good, dude. I'm, I'm solid. You know uh, what it is? Uh, My biggest like fear a, was. Ooh, is that a Doritos Locos taco? It's a, it's a, that's what the wheel landed on. So every week in the office, we do a spin, a random spin for where the tacos will be bought. Because I buy tacos every week for the whole office. Uh, okay. And landed on Taco Bell today, our unofficial sponsor. So here's what it is. Let's just put it out there that Taco Bell is not Mexican. Okay, <laughs> just put it out there. It is. It is not. Word. But, but, but yeah, it's still it's still enjoyable. I'm not gonna lie. I I, I wish they wouldn't have taken off their Mexican pizza. I really enjoyed that. That was great. I used to get that. They had a lot of great ideas, dude. The double decker taco. I spent a lot of time thinking about that beauty. Look at that. There it is, guys. No, That's got to be Carolina Reaper. It's got to be Carolina Reaper based hot sauce, and he <laughs> ate it like it was nothing. Wow, I I knew my gut said I'm like Eric is a is a spicy guy. Arizona <clears> is <throat> so yeah, spicy, everything spicy. I've been out of Arizona for so long now. I grew up there. Shout out Cardinals, but uh, yeah, I just remember I I kind of eased into the spicy food scene down there because everyone is all about the spice down mm-hmm. in AZ. Oh, he's going back for seconds. Eric is literally dousing that in that sauce right now. (laughs) I can feel the fire in my throat right now. (laughs) (laughs) Secondhand spice? (laughs) There's there's secondhand secondhand heat in my throat. I don't know (laughs) what. I didn't know this was a thing. This is nuts. Oh um, yeah, I feel that in my throat right now. That is, uh, it is consuming. It is consuming my mouth. Now I'm starting to feel the sweat. Eric, you're a, legend. you're a legend. By the way, I wanted to say this so to kind of start getting this on the insurance track since Christian and I have gotten some haters previously that said, "Hey, you guys." They say we don't talk, talk more about insurance. Yeah, talking, so, we've had some people comment. So I yeah we could do an hour with Eric about food, but we also need to talk about insurance. So let's talk about. Um, I, I want to take a second and just kind of highlight what Eric, what you were doing at eight percent because I just thought it was so genius. One of the hardest mm. parts about doing interviews with influencers with people who, you know, can make a difference that you want to hear from. One of the hardest parts is getting them getting them to line up your schedule, right? The scheduling aspect is one of the high Christian. I know you've done a million interviews with a ton of influencers. You understand that too. So when I saw that you were pulling people aside when they were already there, they're already in that mindset where maybe they want to share information They're you know, they're already networking at the conference and then you're kind of grabbing them for that interview. I thought that was genius. So you guys, if you haven't seen that, Eric's been releasing a set of YouTube videos. I believe it's on um, Senior Sales University. What's the name? Oh, of your just YouTube uh, you go to YouTube, just Eric Fierro, which is my name. Just search Look his up name. Eric Fierro. And he's mm-hmm. got these interviews from people who were at 8%, a lot of them who were on stage, who were speaking, or they were doing breakout sessions. And, you know, he kind of grabbed some of those gold nuggets for you guys to listen to if you weren't there. So I thought that was awesome, man. Yeah, thanks, man. I just, um, I, I love, I love to interview people. I love to talk because I guess for me, a lot of times it's not so much an interview where I'm going to have 10 questions lined up that I want to make sure to ask you. It's just me being uh, very inquisitive because it's just my nature. I want to know more about you. I want to know what you're, what you're doing, why it works, um, what you want to share. So 
normally I do start with one question kind of to kind of start the the path that we're going to go upon. And then based on your holy shit, this is hot. Based on your reaction, <laughs> um, <laughs> based on your response, I'm going to respond again with other questions because it'll just make me think of it on top of head. So, um, yeah, it was really it was really a, a lot of fun. It's this is this is probably the first time in four years where I went to an event that I was not on stage um, or that doing a breakout event, I was just there as a participant. And I just, I, the, the thought came in my head, I should start with Galen. Cause I'm just like, um, Hey Galen, we haven't talked in a while. You got a lot of stuff going on in your life right now. So I'm going to bring my equipment and we're going to do a podcast because she loves doing podcasts with me. I don't know if you've ever heard her talk about it. She loves to do podcasts and talk with me on, on, uh, on camera. And she always does great and gives great advice and great um, content that people can implement and utilize. So it was really uh, the original idea was for that. I get there and I'm hanging out with Andrew Lee and, and Andrew Lee, I just met at Medicare con for the first time. And I love Andrew Lee. So if you're watching Andrew, you know, I love you, buddy. Andrew Lee. I love Andrew Lee as well. I second that. Yeah. He's uh, I'll never forget it. Cause he came up to me. Uh, at Medicare Con, he's like he he starts. Ta- it, this was late at night. This was probably one in the morning. We're in the lobby. I'm actually getting ready to go up to bed. Up. Yeah. Up. yeah, he's always up. And so he comes and he taps. And he's like, "Bro, bro, you don't know me, man. You don't know me, but you're gonna love me." And so he's like, <laughs> so he just starts talking to me and he starts making me laugh uncontrollably. And and I did, and then and then another another agent came in to talk with us. Um, <laughs> And it only made things so much more funny because I think it was actually, uh, if I remember correctly, I think it was Jonathan Jones who came in and he started talking with the two of us. And they got in an argument because Jonathan was asking a question about faxes and Andrew just went off like, faxes? Like, what year are you in? Like, it's 2021. What are you talking about faxes? Like, what are you? I'm going to fax your face right now. Like, <laughs> and it was just, it was so hilarious the things he was saying. And uh, anyway, so, so I digress, right? So we got to know each other really well at Medicare Con. We hung out, started a relationship. So I see him at 8%. He's one of the first guys that I see. And we started talking and hitting it off. And I remember saying, I said, you know what, Andrew? I was like, dude, I, had, I don't remember seeing you on a podcast yet. Why don't you let me interview you? And we can just get to break down what it is you're doing and how you're a monster in the, in the health insurance space. And he's like, yeah, dude, hell yeah, let's do it. And he fortunately booked a beautiful um, two bedroom apartment right across from the Statler. And so I was just like, well, then let's, let's head over there instead of, cause it, it looked a lot better than my, my suite that I had. Mine too. Um, and so I just said, okay, let's, let's head over there. And we did. And I set up shop and we did our interview turned out great. And, from there, I said, okay, I still need to line up a, a few more people. And so I was like, do you mind? And he's like, dude, dude, please do it here. Like, I don't mind. Use my place. Like, you can bring them back here because he just wanted to watch. Like, he just wanted to be like that live audience seeing the magic happen because that's what it is, right? It's magic. Yeah. You know, it's just like it's always fun to have these interviews and then have these conversations. And if somebody can view it live, it's even more fun. So yeah. he wanted to watch every single one. So he's like, dude, leave your stuff here. So then we're going back to 8%. And and Andrew just starts acting like my my booking agent because he just starts talking to everybody about my podcast. And he's like, hey, you want to be interviewed? You want like he's just started telling people like, hey, you want to be interviewed? Do you want to talk? And so that's how he did it with with with, with Tracy Lounsbury is that he's just like, hey, hey, you, you know, you guys are talking. You want to be on the podcast? And so we ended up hitting the podcast. And then it just started like I felt bad because there were probably at least three or four other people that wanted to that wanted to get interviewed while there that we just didn't have time to do it because two things were happening one i was running out of time but two my voice was going out because those those late night parties where we're like still screaming at each other over the music that does a number on your voice you know so first couple days i got back i had no voice and that's why um you know that's why i didn't get to do more interviews i wanted to do more and I'm definitely I think what I'm going to do from now on is I'm just going to do that. I'm going to take my my, my stuff and I'm just going to interview at every one of them because, yeah, I, I think at this point, a lot of people know who I am and they know the the podcast. And so they know that it'd be, you know, it'd be fun to have a conversation. And, and I just again, I love talking to people. So it worked out a, a few things um, that I wanted to kind of point out with that. So, you know. I'm, I'm the guy that's always preaching, you know, content creation, right? Content marketing, brand yourself, market yourself, um, put yourself out there, brand yourself as an expert. And 
you know, I'm at 8% and Eric's there doing this killer content, right? Like, you know, I, I, he, he, him and Andrew invite me back. We do an interview one night after the house of blues, I think it was. And, um, like I just had this realization. I'm like, Eric is showing me up right now. Like I'm a hypocrite. Like I'm a freaking hypocrite right now. Cause I hadn't done anything at that point. And so like, I was kind of scrambling to catch up at that point, you know? So like, yeah, Eric kind of like kept me on my toes a little bit because of that I'm like, I mean, Eric's <laughs> over here shooting like this bomb ass content. And here I am, I'm just like, you know, doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and, and, and Andrew, by the way, like, he's made me laugh harder than any person this whole entire year. Cause like I met him in person for the first time at Medicare con, we sat next to each other at dinner one night and he was just like talking to me and telling me stories. And I was just like, I couldn't help it. I like tears running down my, my cheek. Cause he's just making me laugh so hard. And um, I told, I, I've told him this like three or four times in the last couple of weeks. I'm like, you're the best networker at any of these events without yeah. question. He has no fear, no fear. no fear about anybody, you know, like he's, He's like he's off like partying with Coach Bert and Medicare Bob and Nate Offord and all these people. I'm just like, <laughs> yep, he's up all Legend. night with these guys, like four or five. Legend, the monster. That's, that's so I had a so I wasn't there. I wasn't at eight percent, but you both of you guys were. So my question for you, and, and it's funny because this came up in a conversation with an agent earlier today. Um, there was an agent that was kind of hating on conferences earlier today. And I've been to my fair share of conferences. I've seen it both ways. Like I've been at conferences where I'm like, man, this is a waste of time. <laughs> I'm like, I paid. I'm like, I paid to get in here. I'm not seeing value. And then I've gone to conferences where I like, I wish it was like longer because I loved it so much. I loved the people speaking. I was getting so much great information. I was networking. So like, I see both sides of it. So I guess my question to both of you guys is, you know, whether it's specific to 8% or you could be more general with just like conferences in general, what would you say to someone who doesn't believe in conferences? What would your response to them you know, be? <clears throat> you know who, who had a great answer to that was yeah. uh, Josh Lustig. He had a great answer. Another, another great close friend of mine. Um, he was asked that question before and he said, and he gave a story um, that, that illustrated, I guess, the importance of uh, mindset. If you go into it thinking negatively, thinking you're not going to get anything out of it, then you're going to be like, this is a waste of time. In fact, when I was there, I did meet an agent who had that very that very mindset that this is a waste of time. I'm not going to learn anything here. I already know it all. Um, right. and, and that's fine. Like you can be you can be an expert already in your field. You can know everything to know. Like people should be learning from you because you have so much uh, knowledge and a wealth of it. And also you have a successful practice. But. There is something to be said about being around other people who are like-minded because you're not going to be better than everybody. You might be better than a lot of people, but you're not better than everybody, and you never want to be the smartest person in the room. So being in, a, in an environment like that where a lot of these big players will come and congregate for the networking aspect solely, um, that in itself is worth the price of admission, in my opinion. Not everyone's opinion, and that's okay. You you know we respect all of that, but that's what that's what it's about for me. Because even though I can still go in and I can sit down and I'll get something from every speaker that's talking if I go and watch every single speaker, I can because it's it's the way I'm thinking about it. But even if I wasn't sitting for every, which I didn't, I wasn't able to sit in every single one of them. Then it's because I was networking. It's because I was talking to other big producers who right. gave me one-on-one -on -one time because think about that. Like, again, you're going to end up in a room that big with so many players. You will end up being able to talk to somebody who is bigger than you, who is doing things at a higher level that maybe you uh, aspire to want to try to do yourself. Right. And again, you could, you could probably go along the exact path you're on right now and you'll be able to get to that next level on your own because you're good. You're really good at what you do and you know how to do it. But what if there was a few nuggets that that other producer could have provided you that got you there a year sooner? I mean, that's a year sooner that you could be at that next level and moving on to your next goal. So I think for me, the networking aspect is always going to be worth the price of admission. But that's just me. I don't know, Christian, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I love how Tony Merwin put it, you know, because he, he, he either 
I can't remember if he, I heard him say this in person or he posted it somewhere, but he said, if you go to one of these events and one of these conferences and you walk away with nothing in your mind anyway, then you're doing something wrong, right? You're doing something wrong. Like you're, you know, you're, you're, you're probably just sitting in the conference room, listening to the speakers, give their presentations and you have a negative mindset already made up before you even got there. So you're really blocking out what they're talking about from the get go. And then you're not attending the events, right? You're not attending the parties. You're not networking. You're not um, spending the time to build those relationships and gather those nuggets. Cause in my, I agree with Eric. Um, the, the I, I, I got a lot out of the speakers. I got a lot more from the private conversations. Um, after the speakers were done. And so I think it just comes down to what your attitude is going into it. And like, if are are, are you coming there with the mindset that I'm going to get something out of this and I'm going to come back better than I was before? Or are you going in skeptical and being like, Oh, this is going to be a waste of time. I hope I'm not wasting my money. Like you just don't want to think like that. And so I think it's just completely up to you um, on what you walk away from. Cause two people can see the same thing and have two different reactions <laughs> sorry <laughs> it is hot man it's really hot hey, uh, dude you're you're a i try I mean, to hold it in it. i try it. to hold it in so that nobody will nobody will know but yeah the sweat and careful with touching the eyes and all that yeah. here's the sweat <laughs> you know that's, but, uh, that's kind of my i'm oh, sorry go ahead christian finish your thought I'm no no I, that, I was basically done go for it I was just going to say, you know, that's kind of like my my thought is all it takes is one relationship or one piece of advice to potentially give you the trajectory or the change that you need or want. You know, I think part of the problem is people go into it with expectations that are just not realistic. Right. They go in thinking that Cody's going to write 100 applications for them and. They just have to write their agent number on the apps, and they're like, "Yes, yes, yes." You know, thanks, like, Cody. <laughs> thanks, Cody. Eight <laughs> percent. Um, but the reality is, yeah, I would be my my approach would be just just like you guys. I mean, it, I would be trying to grab people. You know, even if it's just a ten minute conversation, introducing yourself. I mean, one thing I I was going to mention too is like I think the best part about COVID for me is the online networking. I mean, Christian, Christian, and I didn't even really know each other before COVID. So it was like, you know, online networking was happening. LinkedIn was a thing. Like, it's not like LinkedIn was new, but all of a sudden people are spending a lot of time online. And I feel like I've gotten so much out of developing relationships and, you know, an in-person conference like that. I just feel like it's a way to accelerate that relationship building. Can I share a quick story that yeah. pertains to that? So for sure. When I first no, started, no. Oh, screw you. <laughs> so when I first, when, but when I first started um, our group, when I first started Six Figure Medicare Agent, yeah. and it was really new and it had very small membership and had like 100, 200 people in it, um, I was doing these lead review videos. And, and Eric, you and I did a video talking about these lead review videos last year. And, you know, we were, I was buying leads from lead companies with my own money, working them and then making a review video on the experience. And um, I was making it known that I was doing this. I was asking for suggestions on lead companies. And I did not know Glenn at all, like at this point, like I did not know who, yeah. I, I wasn't aware of his, his greatness. Um, but I remember like our first interaction was Glenn slid in my DMs and was like, Ooh. hey, you know, Ooh. like you should, you should um, He's like, he's like, he's like, I'll give you a really good deal on some leads if you want to do a review video. And I had had some other um, people that sold leads do that. And I just was like in defense mode. I had my shields up and I kind of like was like, eh. I was like, I was like, what we do? I was like a dick. I, re- I remember like I was, I didn't, and looking back at it, I was kind of a jerk. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I was like, I was like, well, we do it based on um, people's um, requests. And so if people request it, then we'll do it. <laughs> like, that's what I was like. And just look back and see how, you know, you know, I, I mean, I'm a consistent customer, right? Like I, I, I order yeah. constantly. I'm a huge fan. Like, and, and we do this show every week. We talk all the time. Yeah. Like, and so to kind of see where that comes from 
through that relationship building is crazy. Cause like, there's so many people that have slid in my DMS wanting me to buy leads or, you know, do a video with them about their leads or whatever the case might be. And like, I don't ever, it never goes anywhere with any of them. But like with Glenn, Glenn's like, he's a, he's, he's, he stands out because he's a real one, you know, and the rest of them are just all, like, it's all about that DM slide, baby. Just slide <laughs> into that DM. Just slide in. You know, the, the other cool thing about the, about the conferences though, is that there, there would, for a lot of us, it's going to be an opportunity to meet other agents that we may not otherwise meet in other, right. you know, for, for any other reason. So yeah, I, I saw Brad Hannon said that Robert Beige said it best. It's like, um, you know, what you gain from going to carrier incentive trips without being a top producer. Cause that's, again, that's one of the reasons I love incentive trips. And I always wanted to be qualifying for incentive trips because it allowed me to be around these other like-minded top producers and being able to just hit the, you know, shoot the shit about whatever it is. It doesn't always have to be that you're trading practice secrets. It could just be that you're getting to know somebody and being like, man, I genuinely like you as a friend. I want to be friends. Even if nothing else comes of it, like let's just be friends. Cause it's just fun to talk to you and have great conversation. And that happens a lot in these conferences as well. I spend the majority of my day at the conferences with people coming up and wanting to talk. And I love doing that. Like I never want anyone to shy away from coming up and saying hi to me and wanting to ask questions or whatever, because I'll give you all the time, you know, that, that I have to, to do that. That's my whole purpose in being there. In fact, my wife doesn't ever want to go on these trips to the conferences. She'll love the incentive trips all day long, but she doesn't want to go to the conferences because she knows that I will be spending my entire day and night just talking to agents the whole day. That's why I lose my voice every time I go to them. But I love it. I freaking love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true, too. Because, like, when I did my breakout by the time I did it, because it was I did it on Sunday, my voice was just gone. It was shot. So, like, I, I stood up in front of the room and I was like, I need you guys to help me get through this. <laughs> like, I need to. <laughs> It was done. It was the Glenn, end. Glenn, someone's calling you. Uh, no, it's uh, not my phone. It's actually family member's phone that is here. So sorry about the interruption. Everybody. I'm going to start calling you every Taco Tuesday. Glenn, I need leads right now. <laughs> well, was that your Christian impersonation? <laughs> Hey, Glenn. <laughs> hey, I'm in Salt Lake City. <laughs> what are you doing in Salt Lake? <laughs> wait, wait, what are you doing? <laughs> All right, let's not go there. Let's not go there. Oh, oh my God. Good times. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, we, we have so much. Chris and I were saying there's so much that we felt like we could talk about with you, Eric. I guess I would love to kind of turn it over to you if there's something specific that maybe you're working on or that you feel strongly about that you want to discuss. I'd, I'd love to give you an opportunity to, to bring it up. Sure. Um, well, I mean, as always, I'm still I'm always plugging away with the Senior Sales University. Yeah. Um, I, I love what I do there. I love being able to help people. Uh, just try to be uh, doing it in a, a, a little bit more of a unique way where uh, I'm not uh, asking for anybody's contracts or recruiting anybody and uh, not, not there's anything wrong with it. It's just something where I wanted to be different in that I want to be able to help as many people as I can without the, um, which it can kind of hold you back a little bit without that, you know, needing to contract you in order for me to help you. I, I just kind of wanted to be able to give them a way where they can access right. the wealth of knowledge I've already put on training. They can access systems and tools that I utilize myself that they can utilize as well. They get access to me as a result of that. They get access to, uh, you know, weekly trainings that I'm doing so that right. they can continue to evolve and learn. So it's it's one of the things that I am really passionate about doing that. I'm really passionate about doing it in that way where I know that, you know, a lot of people are like, you're crazy for giving up the ability to recruit. Like, you, because I get people who ask me all the time, like, hey, man, would you contract me? You know, I would love to get a contract with you, but I don't, I'm just not doing it. Because I don't, I, I just want to do things a little bit differently. Um, it helps me stand out a little bit, right? Yeah, everybody, everybody it. has their own ways that they stand out in the marketplace, sure. and this is kind of the way that I decided I wanted to take out, um, stand out a little bit differently. So it's been a great journey so far. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, have a lot of things that we have going ahead of us that um, are going to only continually improve 
the membership, uh, you know, for, for you, people who if, are part of it. If there's a brand new agent that's listening to this or watching this right now, could you take a second, maybe kind of explain what it is so that way everyone can yeah. kind of understand? Because I do think there's a ton of value in what he's doing, you guys. And I do love the fact that he's not forcing you to be underneath him, to contract with him in order to get access to these tools and resources. I had kind of the same epiphany when I started Lead Heroes. It's like, you know, I don't need to contract agents to help them with marketing. I can just help everybody with marketing. And and I, yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So yeah, give everyone kind of a, a, a maybe a 40,000 foot overview of, of what it is. Yeah. So, so the, the Senior Sales University itself is an online training platform that teaches people how to get into the market, how to uh, learn the products that we offer uh, in the senior market from a Medicare, final expense, ancillary products. And, and then from there, there's also sales training so that you can implement the selling of these products you just learned about. Then there's also marketing training so you can learn how to get in front of people. And then on top of that, we also include tools that you can utilize. One of them that, you know, right now is kind of everybody talks about with, with associating with my name is the, the CRM that we offer. Uh, and so it's basically the, uh, the go high level CRM that we've built out and specifically niched it out to the senior insurance market. And, uh, and, and, you know, again, you know, I know there's a lot of people who have started picking it up and offering it themselves as FMOs and all that stuff. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not of the, I'm not of that wheelhouse where I feel like I should ever give anything like that for free to an agent, first of all, because I feel like it's not valued when it's given for free. And I don't mind saying that, you know, if the people who hear that from me get offended, then it's not the right audience for me in the first place. But the right audience that I like to join my university um, understands that your tools should always be in your possession as an independent agent, never in your FMOs. And so you never know if you, if anybody pays attention long enough to how relationships change in our marketplace, um, you know, it changes quite often, a lot more than you think. You, you Right now, you might be with an FMO and feel like, man, this is the best relationship ever. And two weeks later, something happens. And it doesn't always have to be something where it's the FMO's fault. It just could be something happens. Sometimes a different opportunity comes along that causes you to have to realign your contracts. Well, if that's the case and all of your CRM client data is locked up within the FMO that you're or with the FMO that's you know providing your CRM, it makes that transition so much more difficult. And so that's why I always tell agents like, listen, your FMO, they're great to provide support. It's great to get support from them, uh, whether that be uh, servicing support, which is one of the biggest things I always did when I was in that FMO channel, um, servicing support, uh, marketing dollars, helping you get access to marketing dollars through relationships they have, which can also help to grease the wheels to get you marketing dollars. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of different ways that an FMO can kind of earn their override from you. Um, but I feel like when it comes to the tools that you use for everyday business, you're a business person. You should be in control of those tools. And I know that, again, that might offend some people or they might be like, well, I don't I, I would rather have it for free. And that's OK, because I love my FMOs. And that's 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 their choice. You know, again, that's not the audience that I would be speaking to. I'd be speaking to the audiences that listen to what I just said and said, you are freaking right. I should be always in control of my own tools. I want to sign up with you. Yeah, I, I mean, will. I, yeah, go ahead. Christian. I, I was just going to say, I mean, I, I, I think that it's very um, smart to take that viewpoint for agents, right? Because you never know what's going to happen in terms of relationships in our business, right? Like five, I mean, th think about how much can change in a five-year time span, right? Like a lot can change in your life in a five-year time span. What makes you think the FMO relationship can't change? You know, like there's people that I'll see like five years ago, they were like a completely different person, right? Look at me five years ago, I had hair, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like there's all kinds of stuff, you know, like, and um, I, I think it makes a lot of sense to really have the control in your own pocket, essentially, you know, to where you have say over the tools and, and, and the marketing and the systems and things like that. Um, like you don't know your FMO could get bought out by somebody, your FMO or is it the person that bought them out could completely change the way things are going. Like a lot can happen in our business. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be that a negative thing happened. I mean, Christian, look at your situation. Like you were for a long time with two FMOs and you right. finally decided you were going to bring everything under one FMO. So, you know, again, it's just like, it doesn't have to be a, always a negative thing. It just would be that, a different opportunity presents itself that causes you to have to move those contracts. So 
that's why at the end of the day, I always tell people you should, you don't want to have any kind of interruption in your day-to-day business. Therefore, you should be in control of those things. And you get a an, an expert to help back you up with all that, you know? Get that brain. sauce addict. Yeah. <laughs> 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 one thing. Yeah. No, the, Go ahead, Ben. Go ahead, Glenn. Uh, I was just going to say, the one thing I wanted to add that Eric touched on right there is, there's this major FMO that people love, and I'm not going to mention them, but they had a CRM system that they offered for free. It was very basic, very basic. And it was this problem, just like Eric mentioned, where there were some agents that I loved that were using their CRM system. And I'm like, hey, you know, there's some functionality missing here. Like, I understand it's free but you should be able to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, almost any other CRM on the market can do these basic functions, but the one you're using with your FMO does not. And they're like, yeah, but I love it. And it's like, okay, well now you, it's almost better to compartmentalize because you want the person who's running the CRM to be focused on making that CRM better, not someone who's just kind of a generalist and they're not really focused on the technology because that technology is huge. That's what yeah. can really help you close deals, scale your business. Um, and ultimately this FMO ended up upgrading their system, but it took them forever to get there. Whereas again, everyone's blown past them, you know, with, yeah. with all these types of functions. So I, yeah, I just thought that was a really and, good point to make. And listen, I, I get it because again, when, when I was in the FMO channel, that's kind of what I always looked at. What are the value propositions that I can keep offering to people to keep their loyalty with me? And, you know, some like a CRM could be just another tool that I could offer as a way to keep more loyalty. But again, at the end of the day, when you step back and look at it, like right now, I'm not looking at it as an FMO. I'm looking at it as an independent agent, you know, and that's one of the things Galen Hendricks even said herself. She's like, you know, Eric is there to help you. He's not against you. He's for you. And he is an agent like you. So he understands what you're going through and therefore is only going to benefit you more because you have somebody who has the agent mentality looking at systems and processes as an agent in your field. So it only really greatly benefits you in the end to work with somebody like that. Yeah. I got a question for you, Eric, and I'm going to, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. Okay. Into a different category, but I wanted to ask this of you because so when we did the, the video for your podcast in Dallas, we talked a lot about content creation. Mm. You asked me a lot of questions, but I wanted to ask you a couple about the okay. topic, kind of flip the script, you know, okay. um, so I feel like you've been putting out content for a really long time and doing a really great job at it, right? Um, if, if somebody is out there that might be watching this and they have a desire to maybe start putting out content, but they just don't know where to start, what advice would you give to that person? Like, like, and, and two-part question, like, how can you make sure that your content is actually valuable to the audience like how can you make sure that they're actually bringing significant value because you bring as much value if not more than anybody out there that's probably doing it in my opinion thank you man that means a lot seriously because you're you're a content beast so to hear you say that to me is uh you know very humbling thank you so much for saying that because game that's it's it's, in game right (laughs) (laughs) it's it's honestly it's it's actually a question i always ask myself because that's one of the things even myself struggles with Uh, what do i talk about next what do i do next in order to continue to bring something that I think people might be interested in listening to because I know one thing you'll notice is I don't do a lot of videos where it's just me by myself. I've done, I've done maybe three or four that I could think of, but I don't do a lot that's by myself. Part of it is maybe an insecurity where I'm just like, maybe people don't want to hear from me specifically. They like hearing me interview people. They like hearing me ask questions to people, but maybe they don't want to hear from me specifically to just, you know, to go out there and talk. Again, probably just an insecurity of mine, and I'm just I'm being open and honest about it. So, for somebody who's brand new, thinking about what is what it is that I should talk about, um, I mean, always start with the idea that we'll, we'll start by analyzing what your strength is. Like, what are you an expert in? Because that's always going to be where you can talk about content the most, and you can break up uh, whatever your subject matter is. You can break it up into small pieces, and and I would start small. Like, don't worry about creating some kind of thirty minute, forty minute video. Just do a five minute one, do a three minute one, do TikToks, you know, <laughs> just do something that's around what your, your expertise is in 
and then just put it out. Because the one thing that I think a lot of people might uh, get stuck on is in putting out content, they start worrying about metrics, you know, and, and to me, the content piece of it, it's not so much like for me, I'm not really trying to turn that into ultimately I want clients out of it, but I'm not going to sit there and analyze every view that comes in and all that stuff. I just want to put the content out there and hope that people enjoy it. And the cool thing about this last 8% is that I probably had more people than ever that I've not met before come up and tell me, Hey, I appreciate the content you're putting out there. Like, I really love what you're doing. I love what you put out there and what you say and who you're interviewing. Like, they they're enjoying it, you know. So to me, that's enough feedback that I'm going to keep doing it because I'm getting those people who just come up to me and say, man, what you've done means a lot to me. Um, I actually show my whole team your stuff. Like, that's the coolest part. When I hear him say stuff like that, I show my whole team your stuff. I'm like, dang, that's awesome. So awesome. subject matter, man, that's where I would start. Whatever you're an expert in, break that down into itty bitty pieces, make a few two minute, three minute videos just to start putting stuff out there. And then it's, you're going to end up putting something out that people are going to latch onto. They're going to say, dude, I like what he said about that. And then now you have a fan who's going to wait for the next video. And then the next video drops, they're going to watch that. And they watch the next and they watch the next. So I, I would tell them, do small videos around your subject matter. Don't worry about the metrics in the beginning. Like, just don't even concern yourself with that. Just put content out there. Gary Vee says that himself all the time. He's like, yeah. man, don't pay attention to the to the comments and all that stuff. The people, especially if they say negative things, like just put stuff out. Love it. Sorry, yeah. that was a winded answer there. No, I, no. I I love that. Like I I feel like what you what you one what one thing you said in that was so you know um, insightful to me because people are always so worried about like scripting their videos, saying the perfect thing, right? Like like I, I when I talk to people that actually like write out a script for one of their videos, like a YouTube video or something like that, I'm like you're you're not talking about something that you're secure about. You're not talking talking about a topic that you feel like you know backwards and forwards. In my opinion, if you should be putting out content that like you can literally just free ball it and yeah. you know you can just like a light switch flip it on and go and go and go and talk about it. Like like when I started um our podcast, that's really what it was. I felt like I knew enough about what I was talking about to where like you could, I could literally just pick a topic or a subject that had to do with that. And I could literally just pump out like 15, 20 minutes of just, yeah. yap, you know, yapping. Um, and I feel like if people feel like they need to script down something and they need to really pre-plan it and all this stuff, like maybe you should pick a different topic because maybe there's something else you feel more comfortable talking about. I think that I, one of the things that you, you hit it right on the money one of the things that I always do when I go and speak on stage. And so now it's like the pressure's on, I'm in front of a crowd of people, right? But just to, to the same exact point you just made, I know my stuff so well that I just need a presentation that shows me a bullet point, like being T uh, T65 lead data right. or whatever, like whatever it is, it just, it triggers right. something in my mind where I just go off and, and I just, and I can do it for hours because it's just something that I'm so I'm an expert in. And I love talking about it. That's the other fun thing is that I really do love talking about it because I'm an expert who's done it for such a long time. I, I right. definitely understand some of that reluctance. At one point in like 2017, I want to say I considered hiring someone to literally write out video scripts for me because I wanted it to have. I was so obsessed at the time with the idea of having it so polished. No, you know, no ums no no pauses like a you know perfect amount of time perfect transitions but what i you know what i feel like i've realized now is the more you can just look human even if it's not perfect on the delivery i think a lot of people connect better that way because they're like oh he's just like me you know that's awesome like i, I if you know if he can do it i can do it uh, i think yeah. that's i think that's it's kind of like it's kind of like call reluctance Kind of like when agents are right. like, ah, I don't want to call the leads, you know? Like, I I think, you know, Eric, like, I, I saw the video where you were on stage at 8% Nation a few years back, and you were just like, it, you know, if you're running an ad, for example, right, or, or you're shooting a video of some kind, like, your phone is good enough, you know, and um, and, and you literally shot an ad, right? Um, that's what Cody said, prove it. it. Like, and that just goes to show that, like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Sometimes too perfect is a negative, 
right? Yeah. It makes it a little yeah. too much salesy, like an yeah. ass. It's fake. It comes off yeah. fake if it's too too perfect. Look yeah, at like that's a Lopez, right? Look at like a Ty Lopez. You know, like his ads are literally hey, my seven Lambos. Yeah, here's my seven Lamborghinis. But he's oh, shooting them with about iPhone, walking around his house. You know, <laughs> hey, here in my garage. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like low, low budget. Like, there's no budget. You know, he's just pulling his phone out. But there's some kind of beauty to that, right? People yeah. can relate to that, and um, sometimes all you're trying to do is to be relatable. Yeah, that's the one thing I, I tell people all the time that, you know, people are like, should I what, should I get this system because it'll polish my videos better? And should I do this? And should I do that? And I'm like, at the end of the day, guys, people care about content. They care about what you're saying, not how flashy it is. So it doesn't matter if it's an ultra polished, you know, presentation or whatever. Like if it's if the content isn't there and if they can't apply it right away, if it's not actionable, it's useless. So if you're if instead you would just worry about making sure that any content you're putting out is actionable, something they can utilize, something they can take away right away, that's what's going to win you the crowd. That's what's going to get more people to want to watch more of your content because they know that when you put something out, they can use it. That's the game. Yeah, I'm I'm on my iPhone right now, right? So like something yeah. I think a lot of people don't understand either is like technology has evolved to the point where your phone is as capable or even potentially more capable than like a lot of cameras that to like, you don't need to go invest a bunch of money in equipment. Like you can literally just take your phone and, and it's right there. You've got microphone, you've got, you've got a camera, you can distribute the content, you can edit yep. the content. You can do yep. it all right there on your phone. Like don't overthink it. You guys, you know, I, the analysis paralysis is insane. There's this one agent, um, I've probably had five conversations with maybe a, a dozen emails and he has, he has, he's never done anything. And I'm just like, man, if you spend this much time, like analyzing everything, you're not going to, you're not going to progress. Like there's some people that are just obsessed with the analysis. They just want to analyze all of it. And how do I do this? What if it's like, just, just do it. Like, I love the Gary V thing. Just do it and put it out. Let's go like fast decisions. Fast decisions. I had two referrals come into the office yesterday. Like, as a couple, husband and wife. And that was the, this is the third time they came into the office. And, like, they're the, they're the spreadsheet type, right? Yeah. Like, they have spreadsheets. Uh, and they're looking at SOPs. So they're looking at plan ends. And they had, like, we had narrowed it down to three. But they wanted to know about, like, ten went to companies when we first came in. But there was <laughs> anything else. Oh, my God. Did you write them? I, I did. I had to like push them a little bit. I was like, this oh is a good choice. God. Let's do it. I'm like, if you change your mind, we can change the plan. You know, um, but Leia, like, oh. I mean, I feel like overanalyzing things. And, and the reason why I bring it up is because they, the part of their problem was they went, had gone and talked to probably 10 different brokerages in the area. Right. And every single brokerage was giving them a different opinion on which way they should go. Right. Like, Brokerage one said you should go with this carrier because this other carrier doesn't pay claims. I'm like, okay, all med subs pay claims. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. they all pay yeah. claims. Like, that's not an issue, you know. Um, and so my point in bringing that up is like people overanalyze things and then they get stuck in this state of like, you know, fear and frozenness, right? Of yes. fear of making the wrong decision or going, you know, making something wrong in some capacity. And like then they don't do anything because there's too many cooks in the kitchen. There's too many people yeah. telling them like that, you know, your video should be like this. Your video should be like that. You should talk about this. You should talk about that. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. You know? And what Eric, like, like Eric said, you know, you flip on the camera, you just talk about something and throw it up there and see what happens. And like, you can fit, you can, you can get better at it as you go, but you don't have to know everything to start, but you have 100%. to start um, in order to get to that place where you might know more just through experience. Yeah, it's it's the same thing too with getting started in sales for a lot of people about picking up the phone. They get uh, they get such this this paralyzing fear to picking up the phone, that paralysis of analysis. They want to try to 
uh, they want to try to really telegraph any phone call they're about to make. Okay, based on the data I have here, this is a female. She's 67 years old, so she likely is going to have a MedSup or a Medicare Advantage plan. I'm going to ask these questions. I'm hoping yeah. she responds like th- like they try to telegraph the entire yeah. thing. They make oh, yeah. the call and nobody answers the damn phone. So it's like you wasted <laughs> 20 minutes, right? You wasted 20 minutes oh, analyzing and trying to do I this and nobody it. even answered the phone. What a waste. It. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Just pick up the phone and dial. It's it's something that I personally had to get through myself. I went through that. And right. that's why I always tell oh, people, yeah. like, skip it, man. I wasted time growing because I was paralyzed by wanting to uh, anticipate the entire conversation. Just make the damn call and be reactive. Trust me. You yeah. know enough that you'll be able to hold a conversation. One thing, one thing my dad always told me when I was starting out as a new agent is because I would, I would overthink a lot of things on the phone. Like, be like, I feel like I need to know more about this to make these calls. And my dad would be like, you don't need to know about that. Like, I, you probably will go a year on the phone and not run into that. You know, like, and one thing he always told me is like, you know more than these people. You just mm-hmm. got to believe that. You know more than these people. And like, yeah. I feel like having that voice early on in my career was very important for me, you know, because like, there, it's easy to have those thoughts, you know, and, and those thoughts really betray you, you know, because it's true. There is no person you're going to call, no lead you're going to call if you have an insurance license, have gone through AHIP, you've gotten certified, all that stuff, that's going to know more than you. It, like, it just shouldn't happen, right? Like, yeah, even right. the people that are just crazy and come up with spreadsheets and everything like that, you know, like, <laughs> you're going to know more than they do. But but even even to try to put other people who, who still are, are – pensive about that just remember that if they do happen to ask you something that you don't know the answer to right just say you know what i don't have that answer right off the right off the top of my head right now but let me get back to you in within 30 minutes and i'll have that answer and now we have so many resources at our disposal that you could have that answer within two minutes and you know and be able to call back the person with the answer like don't be afraid that they are going to ask you something that you don't know. Like, it's okay. Like, even me, people can ask me something. I'll just be like, you know what? I don't know right now, but let me find out. I'll get back to you within 30 minutes. It's that easy. They're not going to be like, oh, this guy's an idiot. I don't want to work with this fool. Like, that's that's something that you have as a pre, you know, preconceived notion in your own mind that that's how they're going to react. But it's not. They're just, they're, they're just like, oh, okay. Get back to me. It's yeah, that easy. The, yeah. yeah, I get the question from agents all the time where it's like, what? Do you have a script? I need a script. I need to know what to say. Like this, like, and and I, whenever I, I send a script or I tell them like kind of how I would start the conversation, I'm like, listen, this is an outline. There's like, there's no such thing as like a lead that gets piped in. Word for say, word. Point yeah, you just, you just read this yeah. script. You don't deviate at all. Just, hi, <laughs> Mrs. Jones. My name is Glenn, and I'm a licensed insurance agent. Like that doesn't exist. Like. It's you. You kind of have some words you might pick up. You're like, oh, I like I like this word. I like this sentence. I like this rebuttal to this objection. But yeah, you just have. It's all about experience. Like just dive in, and and be reactive. You know, problem solve on the go. And I do love the. You know, that's that is a big one too. It's like, oh, well, what if I don't know the answer? Well, just tell me you don't know. It's that simple. Oh, I, I'm not sure. Let me get back to you on that. It, it makes easy. you a human being, right? Yeah. Like. That, and people, I think people will trust what you tell them a little bit better as well. I found as a salesperson, and the reason 100%. is because like, okay, if Christian doesn't know something, he wouldn't have told me that. He would have, you know, said he'll get back. Yeah, to it. Makes it, makes it, like it makes it seem like you don't give them an answer unless you're sure. And, and it's, it's not a sale killer. That's what people are afraid of. It's a sale killer if I say that. No, it's not. It's not. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I have a couple more questions for the great Eric Fierro, and then I want to respect both of your times, and we'll we'll wrap this baby up. Sounds good, um, boss. All right, so Eric, we got to know for our rabid audience, taco <laughs> burritos. What? Uh, tacos. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh no, no, don't go twist it. I do love myself a good burrito, but they are so filling that I prefer tacos so that I don't feel overly stuffed. Um, good answer. Guacamole or sour cream? Easily guacamole. I'm not a fan of sour yeah. cream. Yeah. yeah. My, sour wife, cream my wife hates guacamole and loves sour cream, and I'm on the guac train, bro. I'm right there with yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, sour cream is weird. I don't get it. Like, when my wife, when my wife eats it, I'm like, what are you doing with your life? Like, <laughs> stop eating that crud. Stop. Um, plan G or plan N? 
I would still lean towards Plan G myself. Uh, personally. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I would still just, just for ease of simplicity. A lot of times when it comes to, to the use of it, I mean, and if I were gonna now again, if I were going to get a plan myself. I would still go plan G because I would want the ability to go to Mayo Clinic or 1080 specialty clinics that, you know, that only take Medicare, uh, that don't take Medicare and if, but will still see Medicare patients. What if plan right. F was still available after your N if you could still do F? I, I'd take a G. Yeah, I'd still do G because I think, yeah, when you look at the cost difference, you know, per year, you end up, you know, the deductible is going to be less than what you'd pay for a plan F. Yeah, like I, I like G. I, I still sell a, ton, a, a lot more G than we do in internally here. And people are like, you're crazy. I'm like, I like the predictability of it. Yeah. You know, like that's, there's a lot more predictability. That's what a lot of seniors want still. You know, even when you're doing the comparison of Medicare Advantage to Medicare Supplement, uh, a lot of times when you're doing that comparison, even though they see that zero premium, when they see the copays, deductibles, and not sure where they're going to go in terms of their health, they like the predictability. They like the predictability of cost. They like the predictability of use. They like, you know, n- knowing that it's a lot less likely that their their physician will stop accepting their their insurance plan. Like, right. it's it is. It's a lot more predictable. Now, it's again, I, like I always that. tell people, Medicare Advantage has its place, and it's obviously growing in uh, you know in the marketplace. But I think it's it's if we had the same amount of commercials running. For med sub as we do for Medicare Advantage, maybe it'd yeah. be a, a more even fight. <laughs> yes, yes. Like sometimes when we have like a new person, like a T sixty five person, coming into our office and they they ask that they're like, "Why, why this this side's more popular, isn't it?" And I break it down for them. I'm like, "Let me tell you why it's more popular." Like yeah. incentives, you know. Involved. Yeah, yeah. Well, and again, if they even knew the incentives the insurance carriers get, and as to why they're pushing it so hard, it'd be. It would probably leave people wondering, like, do I really want to buy this and plan? I mean, this is really being pushed because of the money, you know. It's a, and, but that's everything, right? Everything is based right. around money. So great point. I wanted to get final thoughts from the two of you. This has been an amazing episode. So, yeah. um, Eric, thank you for your time and thank you for coming on. And, and um, I always have fun with you guys. We, I mean, you know, we we I, every time we come have you on, it's it's a it's a blast, and we enjoy it. probably. Definitely one of my favorite guests we ever have on. No disrespect to any guests we've ever had, but uh, <laughs> Eric's awesome. Um, <laughs> um, so, uh, Eric, final thoughts on this episode that you might want to leave anybody with? You know, uh, as always, anybody who is listening, you know, there's going to be people who are at various levels in their career, but there's always something to be said about behaving in a way where you realize you are a business and as a business entity, there's certain things that you should do. Think like an investor, not a consumer. Consumers look at costs of things and just say, oh, this is another bill. This is another bill. Investors look at things and say, if I invest in this, then it'll make me that all day. I want to do it. Right. So if we go, if it, if it talks about conferences, you invest $2,000 to go to a conference, but because of what you take away and the relationships you build, you end up making 10, 15, 30, 40, $80,000 more like all day long. I will go to conferences, right? Uh, same thing with buying leads. Same thing with buying tools that you have to use in your business to help you level up. Whatever it is, if you take the investor's mindset versus a consumer, your tra- growth trajectory will be so much faster than where it currently is if you're thinking about things as a consumer. Boom. Absolutely. I love that. It's a mentality I feel like um, is of being a employer and a business owner opposed to just maybe like an employee, you know? Um, yeah. Cause you're looking at things from a different tra- trajectory. Um, but, and, and think about that when, when you do that, especially when it comes to your relationship, even with your uplines, yes, we want to get some freebies when they're out there. If they got, if they can get us marketing money, absolutely. Right. But if you put yourself in a position where you're dependent on them for your growth and you're dependent on them for writing business, well, then you're not really independent, right? And so that's kind of the goal we all want is to be independent, is to have that ability that regardless of who our upline is or who we're affiliated with, we know we're going to survive. We know we're going to thrive in whatever path we're on and whatever upline is associated with us, right? You. At the end of the day, you want them, you want those uplines to cherish you and to be like, man, I would not want to lose this person because they are beasts in their own right. And, and that's that's the name of the game, right? So that's, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt there, Christian, but. No, absolutely. I think that was great. Yeah. Um, 
And very true. Like it's, it goes hand in hand with something that we were talking about recently in episode, like be valuable to your upline, like bring yeah. value before you come in and ask for X, Y, and Z. So I, I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. hundred percent. Mr. Shelton. Yes, final. sir. Mr. Brindle. Mr. <laughs> Brindle. There's so uh, much. Final thought. Boppy, Boppy yeah. Christian. Boppy Brindle. I like Boppy Brindle. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much great stuff that we covered i think my favorite thing though like there's one thing i could really point an agent to who's watching this or listening to this um i would say it's really the uh, so like there's mistakes this is something that i thought a lot about personally recently that eric hit on today and i just kind of want to recap it for everybody like when i think about mistakes that i've made over my career, a lot of times the reason the mistakes were so damaging is because my decision-making was so slow. I, mm -hmm. I would make a bad decision and then I wait, I would wait like three months and, and just kind of hang around and see how it was all going to play out. And the reality is now, like now, if I make a bad decision, you know, a business, it could be as something as simple as like a software that, that I want to integrate into my business. You know, now if I make a bad decision, I'm trying to rapidly make more decisions on top of that because the quicker you can make a decision, the quicker you, you're going to see progress or, or you maybe you won't see progress. Maybe you're actually going to go backwards, but that's that's really how you grow. And, and Gary Vee has that really great video. It was an old one that I've watched many times where he's like, he, he believes that he will win in the end because he's so quick at making decisions. And, and ultimately, as a business owner, as a CEO, um, if you're leading a company in any way, that's really a, a core principle that you need to have. You need to be quick at making decisions. If they're wrong or bad decisions, that's okay. That's totally fine. But now you need to reiterate, make more decisions, keep going quicker and, and move forward. So that's my final thoughts for today, guys. Thank you so much, Eric, for coming on. Yeah. No, thank you guys for having me. It was a lot of fun. And those those tacos were delicious. And the salsa was spicy, but it was still a lot of fun to eat on, on camera. You made, it, you made it all the way to the end. Christian. I made it all Christian. the way. I went straight to the end. I just I went straight to the last dab. That was my very <laughs> first one. Christian, final thoughts, good sir. Yes, sir. Um, so my my biggest takeaways on this episode, you guys, would probably be um I I love what was said about the events and how, you know, you're going to get out of it, what you're looking to get out of it, right? Like if you're looking for a disappointment, it's probably going to be a disappointment. Um, if you're looking to get value, if you're looking to get great connections, build relationships, build friendships, um, you will probably get that out of it as well. You know, like um, shout out to Andrew once again, like nobody does it better than Andrew, you know, like everybody knows Andrew, everybody loves Andrew, you know, like I love Andrew, like, um, he's easily become one of my favorite people. Love, in the love, 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 like, love, love, like, love, love, bro. Like, like, <laughs> like love, love, you know, like. um, but, but, but I, I feel like when it comes to the events, like I, I feel like I've, I, I went to Medicare con this year, went to 8%. I feel like, um, I got tremendous value out of both of them because I decided I was going to, um, before I ever went. And I, I believed that I was going to. And so just, it's, it's about what you're looking for and how, what you decide to get out of it. Um, the other thing is like, I love what Eric said about controlling your business, right. And not putting the control of your business into an upline or a partner or whatever it might be like, keep, make sure that you have the keys to your car um, and you can start it whenever you want. Um, so Oof. that's my final thoughts, guys. That's my, my favorite things that was shared. I love it. <laughs> I like, I like, I love Glenn's commentary. It's always, you know, his little oof. Start back hard, baby. Let's yeah. go. I'm in. Get well, guys, in. let's um, go. Uh, Eric, again, thank you for coming on. This was awesome. It's always you sure you don't want you sure you don't want to eat more tacos right now. We, we can keep eating tacos and talking. It's all. I'm just kidding. Another <laughs> hour. Don't worry. Though. We're we're gonna have a taco fest, an in person taco, taco fest. Very soon. <laughs> Where's the Where's the next place that uh, that I'll potentially see you guys in person? Uh, probably Medicare Con. Medicare Con. You're not yeah, going to the Med Sub Conference? I'll probably, no, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to go to that one. 
I'll probably be at MedicareCon too, though. Okay. Yeah, well, I will. I will see you guys there. Faux show, but I'll be at the MedSup conference as well. I'll, I'll see what that. I can do. I'll see what I can do. I don't know. That one wasn't like a huge priority for me, but like I'm starting to rethink it. I don't know. We'll They're saying there's going to be like 750 to 800 people there. Wow. So there's going to be a, like a really large turnout then. That's what I'm hearing, man. So maybe That's it's worth it. Maybe it's worth it. For all this talk about events, and I'm like, I'm not going. I'm I know, huh? I mean, what? <laughs> Medi- <laughs> Medicare supplements? What are, what are Medicare <laughs> supplements? Who wants that crap? <laughs> <laughs> Who wants that consistency? Oh, I'm not going to that conference. <laughs> there's no there's no relevant information that will be shared. <laughs> There'll be no relevant people there. <laughs> Nobody's going to be there that I'd want to rub elbows with. It comes full circle. Medicare supplement. What are you going to It's going to be... It's going to be me and Eric in a room by ourselves. <laughs> Cody, Cody, Cody's going to be there. Cody's going to okay. be there. I'm going to be. I'm going to be on a panel with Cody. It'll be Cody, right. myself. Okay. I think uh, uh, another agent named Renee, and then there's just one agent named Chris Westfall that'll be on there with us too. Ooh, a lot of information to soak up. Probably a lot of soak. Soaking, <laughs> soak it in, baby. <laughs> soaking of information. I think that's oh, what I'm hearing. A lot to take in. A lot to take in. <laughs> I think I think that's a great place to end it. Um, <laughs> well, guys, um, thank you for watching. Um, we love we love our 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 tacoites, our the the titties, the TTs, the titties. What? <laughs> Did I hear you right? Yeah. <laughs> Did, what do you think? Can you say that again? We're losing, we're losing audience members every time. Left and right. Left and right. The um, TT Army. The TT Army, the titties. The TT Troops. The TTs. Oh, the T. Okay. Yeah, you say that a little too fast and it changes. It changes things. It does. Well, guys, back next Tuesday. Thank you for watching. Eric, again, thank you for your time. And, guys, go follow Eric. Go join his group. Go, go, go. See your sales coach. Everything with every go do everything with Eric, senior sales coach. <laughs> do, it all. do everything, soak it do all, everything with Eric. soak it um, all in with Eric. All right, guys, have a good week. See you. Yes. Adios. Adios.